Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Hi, friends. Welcome to this week's edition of In the Shower with Mary Ellen. I'm super excited for this week's guest. She blew me away the moment I saw her on a virtual open mic. I haven't had the pleasure of squeezing her in person um, just yet, but I'm excited to. But she's fucking phenomenal, okay? She's smart. She's fucking funny. She is an all-around badass. Everyone, please welcome to my shower, Erica Switzer, everyone. Wait, I got new equipment. Which one's the... There we go. Erica Switzer, everyone. There she is. Thank you so much, <laughs> Mary Ellen. I appreciate it. I'm in the shower with you, and I've been in the back waiting in the wings, and I'm not cold yet. I love it. <laughs> Thank you for welcoming, welcoming me on in. appreciate it. Oh, you're so welcome. I'm so happy to have you. Um, do you do anything special in the shower? I like to have my AirPods on as such first thing in the morning. I'll go ahead and I start running that water, get it all nice and hot and steamy in there because I need that. I need that. Yeah. A lady of my age needs moisture. So we need to go ahead and get it, get it ready with some steam heat. And then on my AirPods, I probably got something nice and smooth playing like Lil Baby. Turn on my Lil Baby, the baby, and eat a baby. Any baby. Baby or chata. I, t- I turn on the baby's music. And then I hop on in there. And uh, I use this stuff called moon jelly. Mm-hmm. Moon jelly. Truly moon jelly. And it's purple and it just puts me on another planet. So that's my shower ritual. Is that a shower gel or what is that? I've never. Should I write that down? That sounds very fun. If you're into that fandangled new wave sort of thing, it is one of those adaptogenic or neurotropic type mm-hmm. of, uh, that's a new kind of organic to me. That's organic all space <laughs> or something. That that's some space for shit. It <laughs> is. Adaptogens. Okay, so while I am uh, working toward my final form, it will obviously help keep me moisturized in the transit. I love it. <laughs> I will write that down. And, and and I'm going to look into that. <laughs> that sounds like something I'm into. <laughs> I'll have to look that up. Um, yeah. So, where should we start? Where Are you from the Chicago area? Were you born in the Chicago area? I was. I know I'm going to get my car pulled. I was born in Maywood. I believe mm-hmm. Maywood counts. Maywood is an extension of the west side of Chicago. I can, yeah. I know where you're talking about. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I grew up in the suburbs, so I feel like I can't power that because people take, you know, the city and the suburbs so seriously. Um, But, I mean, I'll allow it, but maybe we can, like, have our viewers um, or our listeners, sorry, um, take a little poll or something. If we'll allow it. Will you allow it? All right. Yeah. I've had conversations with other black folks from Chicago over in China about it. We chat groups of 15 people talking about Maywood counts as the West Side. 
<laughs> and then a, a couple of South Siders saying, no, Maywood does not count as the West Side. It is a suburb. It is six miles away from Chicago proper. And we're like, no, Maywood is so West Side of Chicago. How else do you explain? It feels like, you know how they talk about food deserts and stuff? It feels like if Chicago was extended all the way out toward Maywood and Broadview and all that. It's not a food desert. It's a rich desert of Oak Park and River Forest right in between Maywood and the West Side. So there is that rich desert that keeps us from our poor brother and sister. In. <laughs> but Oak Park is really rich, though. Exactly. That's what so. I'm saying. That's where the richness happens. <laughs> oh, and gotcha. It's back to gotcha. Gotcha. As soon as you hit the West Side. Gotcha. See, I, I paused because I was in my head. What's a food desert? I've never heard that. These are first world problems <laughs> that they like to toss about to make you feel like oh, black folks ain't doing nothing but eating 25 cent bags of fitness chips. <laughs> They're not 25 cents anymore. That's true. They about, how much did it I think a dollar nine with tax. A dollar nine, good God. Yeah, I think. I it's definitely not 25 cents. That was, I don't know. Do you want to talk about how old you are? Or you want to give, like, a range? Because I'm just saying, um, back in my day, they were 25 cents. <laughs> I'm 25 cent bag of Vintner's age. Okay. I am 75 cent hot nacho cheese upgrade <laughs> on uh, Flamin' Hot Vintner's age. That's how old I am. Now, nacho cheese edition is, like, 250 Right? I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the same cheese. What is Here's that? my problem. My problem is that I came from China, right? I should stop that. I have to yeah, watch how I pause. go into that. And uh, especially when I tell people I've been away, I've been away. Girl, are you do okay? I look, <laughs> do I look like I could do anything worse than white collar crimes? Do I look like I could do worse than hacking a computer? and I'm seeing that it's trending to put nacho cheese on these mm-hmm. hot chips. And I'm like, this is a damn lie. This was the food of my youth. Yeah. And you will not tell people this is a trend. This is going to be $3.50 now. <laughs> so let's do the math. Right? Okay. You mark it up, make it popular. Don't do that. <laughs> but there's a lot of things that are coming back. Right? I feel like a lot of stuff is coming back that's not, like, trendy. I don't know. I can't keep up. You're on the TikTok. I don't ticky-tock-tock. I barely talk. Oh. (laughs) I don't even watch, like, unless my kids do. And I'm like, (laughs) I can't be sucked into one more thing. So I'm like, I don't even want to (laughs) look. But I'll watch, like, on Instagram. It's like, I don't need that to to work with my adult ADHD any worse. I don't need that to make it any worse. But you're not doing the ticky talk, or you are, but you hardly talk. I am, but I hardly talk. I, I gotta. I have a lot of tapes from previous performances that I'm just trying to like splice a tidbit, post it, splice a tidbit, post it. As far yeah. as like all that shucking and jiving and dancing and stuff, I can't. <laughs> I'm not. You're not gonna catch me doing that. 
it's just, you know, I don't understand how today's viral dances look like they flagging down airplanes at O'Hare Field. <laughs> and my little 15 seconds of attention is trying to say, oh, well, they look like they're holding up stop. Is that what they did? They're stopping and their heart is still beating, but they circle it around with their paw. And then, I know. I'm old enough to remember almost breaking my neck trying to jump over my, my ankle. <laughs> that kid to play dead. Like, if there's not a hint of danger, I don't want no part of it. Yeah. Chicago juking his footwork. If you don't almost fall on your face twice, <laughs> trying to hit it to percolate. I don't, not safety dance part two. Not that. I love the percolator song. Now I hear it. Now I'm going to hear it in my head the next two days, minimum. Thank you for that. Um, so let's talk, like, where did you... Are you just a stand-up background? Did you do any improv? Or why don't you tell me, like, how you started your creative world? Like, I guess, maybe as a child or wherever you want to take me there. My creative world was interesting because parents. <laughs> um... And parents back in the 25-cent... Vinter's days. So those were different parents. Yeah. And Chicago parents. parents. Chicago parents. And Chicago about. black parents. Right. Okay. Precisely. <laughs> and this is why I developed a love for writing short stories by the time I was eight. I had to put that creativity into something. Because it was some it was interesting. Uh and then when I, I, you know, growing up, I, I admired Whoopi Goldberg very much because she was doing her one-woman show around the time I was starting to become aware of, oh, yeah, mom lets me choose what I want to watch and stuff. <laughs> um, by the time I was in high school, I had done an improv group in high school. Uh, I had done an improv group in college. And I... Went to college, went to grad school, got degrees in English lit. Didn't think to write comedy at all until 2013 when At Midnight started coming on Comedy Central. I was in the middle of a loveless marriage, just kind of losing it. And starting to write hashtag jokes was giving me a way out. <laughs> Helping me. I love that you're here. <laughs> okay. I am not saying that in 2013 I was hitting such snark to get dudes sliding in my DM, but it was. So you a didn't game see that change. then? You didn't see guys sliding into your DMs at 2013? Not really. Oh. Not really, but I did see that my Twitter following was starting to grow because I was hitting them little funny bones. And I knew that when I left my marriage, I wanted to finally get into comedy, to get into stand-up comedy. Uh, I had gone to a comedy show with my ex-husband in 2015, and I was like, man, I really want to try this for real. And I didn't try it until I moved to China. And I got bit by a bug. I've been doing it ever since. The Chinese bug you got bit by? What'd you get? Absolutely. Been bit by a lot of different Chinese bugs. Um, <laughs> How's the bug situation over there? I've never been. Is it bad? 
Nah, not really. No? Okay. I, did, I didn't know. Because, like, other countries have, like, you know, I don't know. It depends on what kind of bugs we talking about. But in this case, <laughs> <laughs> the ones that fly I just, around, I guess. Oh no, Shanghai is a lot like Chicago when it comes to stuff. So, oh. you know, they had cicadas, we had cicadas, oh. et cetera. Okay. We're kind of very close, even in um, even in temperature, even in climate. But uh, yeah, so I started doing stand-up there in July of 2017 and just haven't looked back. Look at you. Don't look back. Keep going forward. And you are like, if I can say as an outsider looking in, like you are, I feel like every time you come up in my Instagram feed or something, you're like, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. And I'm like, damn, look at you go, girl. Like you keep going. And I love that about you. Um, Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um... So, did you do any improv um, outside of college? Like, did you ever do an adult team or anything like that? Or just high school and college? Because those are two different beasts. Um, The high school improv versus the college improv versus, like, you know, if you do, like, an adult. What I mean by that is, like, uh, non-institutional, I guess. Like, high school or college. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. But I was just curious about that because improv is a different beast than all that. Um, did you like doing improv? Because some don't. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I enjoyed it because I'm just, a, I'm random. Mm-hmm. So it fits me. Okay. It fits being able to be in the moment, mm-hmm. to take the suggestion and to work a character or work a funny voice or something. I love it. I love the freedom in that. And uh, that I'm trying to integrate more of that character work and more of that kind of freeness into my comedy because... With being over there, I got very used to uh, material, knowing how I needed to craft material to get people from various backgrounds to even buy into why they'd be interested in the black American woman's life. Um, and then, you know, I just had to, uh, to to sink my teeth into material to build up a, a wealth of material that I could take to any stage. And then now I'm at the point in my comedy journey where it's finally... Can Erica get on the stage and relax and do the same thing she just did for the past 20 minutes just talking to you? Do you feel like you don't relax? I'm getting there. Okay. I'm I'm getting there because I, like last Thursday was the first time I had a stage in like three months. Mm-hmm. And the nerves are there. It's yeah. different when you're sitting in the comfort of your living room with your green screen yeah. and your fancy equipment and delivering jokes on zoom it's a different animal when you're on that stage and you're feeling the energy and somebody else has gone up before you the host might have been riffing funny all night there's all those different factors and now it's like erica's in her head about new material really (laughs) i'm just saying you're good like i'm not trying to kiss your ass like i don't know you just always seem super super confident other than that one time and we don't have to name it but that one time that i like messaged you and i was like is it normally like this other than that you've always you've never like not been funny or not i don't know just you always seem very confident when you're when you're giving your set so let me say that whether you're hosting or doing your set i've never except that one time and that's why I was, like, checking on you mainly is what I was trying to do. But, yeah. So I can say that. So I guess that's good to know. you got a good poker face. 
I'll say that. That one time, and that one time even was a complete outlier because what I was going through was a similar kind of thing that I was going through with a previous uh, business partner. Okay. And it was like, where is this coming from all of a sudden? Yeah, it was, yeah. And it's not as if I'm necessarily doing anything different than usual. And I didn't think you were doing anything wrong, honestly, like as a host. Like, that was just a weird room slash night. Yeah. So you weren't. Because I. It was a weird vibe all around. Like, even I I had a friend watching and a friend that is honest with me. It was, she even said. It was a weird. You didn't do so. You were good, but yeah. I was getting text messages from people who were affiliated, uh, but had never like gotten on the show proper, like checking to see if there were still spots in the middle of the show. I was getting production notes. I was also getting a screw face while getting page after page of production notes, and I'm sitting here thinking, this is the eighth time we've done this. Yeah particular show i have produced my own shows and hosted my own shows in the flesh i am a fill-in co-host on a couple of different open mics not just here but also in the uk so why is it all of a sudden there is a need to make the host the person who's the most comfortable the conduit of energy to keep the flow going and keep the show going why is it important all of a sudden now to make me question what I'm doing, which is actually decent and like trying to maintain. Yeah, that was sinking. It was sinking and it was weird. And do order changes. Yeah. And And it's like, if you're the co-producer, if this is also your thing, why don't you jump on and help assist their out instead of overwhelming her with some additional stuff that don't really matter. So wait, you were getting production notes during? Oh, hell no. And, God. just took a big swig of shower water (laughs) because I don't know on what on the back of what pumpkin patch truck (laughs) this person thought I came off the back of (laughs) you can take this out if you want to but said person was giving me this all this shit and had the nerve to say, I think you're too high to function. What? And what? <laughs> because there's going to be something else that's going to come out of this. Who makes that claim? And I'm up at 5.30 in the morning with my partner who's getting ready for work. He leaves to go to work. It's 7 o'clock in the morning. I, I do a little bit of my own social media because nobody else does this shit for me, and it's a whole hell of a lot. Yeah, it is. And then Jesus, that half an hour time that. between that and then starting my work day, and then I work my 10-hour work day, and then I have an hour to myself, and then I get on a podcast, and then immediately after that podcast, I get on the host this show. If I had more than one toke of weed in the whole day, <laughs> To go on and say I'm too high to function, and yet I'm getting tossed page after page of production notes 
as if this is the very first time I've ever hosted a show. And then had the nerve to ask me or try to reach out a couple weeks ago to ask if I wanted to register and be a part of a 420 event. <laughs> I mean, do you want to, do you, let's pause. Do you want to, um, do you want to talk or no? You want to keep things the way you are? But you, but you see what I'm saying though, right? Yes. We can keep it under wraps or whatever you want. Yes. And that's why it's so funny, and that's why I'm laughing so hard, because I know said person, I don't know said person, but A, to say, you're too high, let alone, I've never heard of someone getting production notes during, (laughs) I would have said, bitch, bye, like, bless your heart for not, in the middle of the show. Because that was seriously a train wreck of a room. And I'm not going to lie, that show put me in a little bit of a comic slump. My first comic slump. But it was so fucking weird. And this person, you can tell she's always, I thought she was on something during that show. Because she, like, tried to hijack the show. And it was really weird. Yeah, I don't know. Like, do you want me to go on, or I, I, I don't know. The the thing that so about that, it took one more time. I suffered, through, and it did put me in a bit of a writing slump too, because I'm it, there's still bits and pieces of my divorce that I'm still recovering from. How can you? And not? I don't. I did, and I did not enjoy having to rehash certain bits of that. That's triggering, and it's it is traumatic, and I can. I made the joke about, you know, I, I thank him for the next 20 years of my comedy career, which is true. <laughs> but to have to do it and drag that shit and, and break a wound open week after week after week is tedious and tiresome to me. And it's not where I need to be uh, on my comedy journey. It's not where I need to be energetically. Yeah. It's something that does not work for me. Yeah. And I understand that if, if you're, you're from the mindset of comedy, it's just uh, time and pain or, or whatever, you know viewpoint you have about what it is it's a pain I don't want to keep going through yeah and I don't want to also have the additional weirdness of a situation or the, the, the tension of a situation where I'm coming in week after week to do a thing that I love to do and losing the enjoyment of it because of the circumstances uh, so no I bounced out of that and I'm grateful I bounced out of that because it freed me up to give me the right kind of energy to push through and have these other more amazing opportunities come. Yeah, that, I mean, good for you because I was, honestly, I wasn't sure if you were still on it. And let me just say, I watched, because you had me when I reached out to you about doing a show. Because I wasn't even sure, like, how to sign up and all that. I mean, I, I was, but something I, I reached out to you about. And you're like, why don't you come to watch the first show? And then you'll see how we do it and all that. And, like, that was a great show. Honestly, it was just... And I didn't even watch the whole thing because I was sick or something. But, yeah, and I remember, like, two said person, like, I have a laugh if you haven't heard. I have a good fucking laugh, okay? So... One of the best. Even One of if, the best I've heard across the ocean. Bless you. <laughs> and she's been across them. I laugh, boy. <laughs> awesome laugh. But, <clears throat> so I remember I was sick. But I still came on, so I, I tried to unmute, especially because they were recording for my laugh. 
I never took my video off. And, like, she kept messaging me, you know, uh, either don't turn on your mic or turn on your video. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay, I was trying to help you guys, but whatever, you know. But, so, yeah, it's just, you can say whatever else you want to say. I just want to say you deserve better than that, and I'm glad you got out of it. I'll leave it at that. Thank you very much, because what it boiled down to was anybody with an attitude and $15 a month to pay for a Zoom account can run a comedy show. For sure. But it but it takes actual caring about people and not just trying to make yourself a talent mill in order to execute that. Yeah. And that is, you know, blessing for what they do. It, it helps a lot of people who are getting their feet wet or who uh, have been able to grow a lot in virtual comedy over the past year plus that we've been doing it. But, and it was a good springboard for me to go from always on the go, always on a physical stage to. Well, yeah, you were doing everything virtually like everyone, though. <clears throat> but you were really hitting the shows, too, though. So, yeah. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah. I feel like we've given them enough the time. Let's. Oh, yeah, for sure. Lots bigger and better. Let's, uh, I don't know, let take another swish around of shower water, throw some Dove bubbles in our eye or some jelly. What was that? Truly moon jelly. Rub it. Let's moon rub. Moon jelly. I'll moon jelly your back. You moon jelly my back. We're going to get rid of this bad juju. All those adaptogens, just, just getting it away, just clearing it out. Okay, so it. did you start stand-up before you went to Shanghai, or did you start stand up in Shanghai. I started in Shanghai. Okay. So bring me to why the hell are you in Shanghai? I was in Shanghai to first off, that's a hell of an escape, isn't it? Yeah. You don't hear about nobody eat, pray, loving through China. No. To, to, to mm -mm. And I wanted to do it to press the reset button on life after the divorce. And get back to doing things that I really wanted to do. Because I felt like I had lost a lot of my own identity within that marriage. I had lost my voice within that marriage. And it was important for me to regain it. And I thought that uh, comedy was an amazing escape for me. Especially through 2013 and onward. And I wanted to really pour myself into that when I went over to China. I made sure I had to have a purpose. Because it's not like you're going to go over there just to hang. Like, hey, I'm just... <laughs> Until with the pandas today, hey guys. you know. <laughs> Just right. here for oh, a little hi. spring break. It's exactly. It's not that type of place. You got to go through all kinds of paperwork and red tape. You got to damn near have a PhD and $20,000 and some good lawyers and some visas and stuff to go. Uh, but I wound up going. I got a great job as a teacher. I actually pay teachers what they're worth. Um, as my... Uh, a good buddy from college who'd been living over there since after college, saying that teachers get paid what they're worth and you could really have an amazing time here. Um, so I made sure to do that. I taught, I did Toastmasters, and then uh, the comedy bug hit me, and that was it. Um, so you, were you a teacher in the States before you went to Shanghai? No. So, okay. No, I why don't I you Why don't you give me the whole real quick, um, so you said you went to college. Give me that real quick, and then after that, and fly me to Shanghai. What got okay, you to Shanghai? So Bring us there. I am, <laughs> I am in, uh, I'm in the league of folks who are completely Chicago area educated. 
So I went to college at Lake Forest College. I went to uh, grad school at DePaul and wound up uh, doing corporate HR for a company for a while. After I'd, I'd actually um, graduated from grad school right before the 2008 recession. So even though I, I had been doing some student teaching at a program, um, they suffered some budget cuts while they having to close. I wanted to try to see if I could pursue getting my Illinois state certificate. I hadn't gotten a response. The projections for jobs and education looked bad. And so I didn't want to pick it back up or I didn't pick it back up until I got to China and was able to make really good money just teaching English. That's sad. I'm saying in the, in, in, a, in a sense that we do not appreciate our teachers yet. That, that's sad. It took you to fly, how many, how many hours was that? 13. 13 to get paid right, to speak, to teach the language of our America um, to people in China. Yeah, and you got paid. Hmm. That's sad. That's really sad. Yeah. But, um, what, like, brought you there? Was it, like, was it your friend reaching out? Or, I don't know, because it just seems like that's a pretty big move. Well, well I mean, like, do you want to talk? Do you just want to say, like, your marriage and stuff like that? You married, you were married in the States? Yeah. And then flew to Shanghai. Still married? Or were you divorced? The, the, the divorce was being finalized. Okay. I like it. So it's like Stella gets her groove back. Yeah. And but in another continent. In the Middle Kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> Stella gets her groove back in the Middle Kingdom. And ghetto move on. In this <laughs> Please use that right there down there if you haven't already. <laughs> My ass over there singing and I'll make a man out of you. Yeah. Get I it. just watched that the other day. <laughs> I see you climbing the, the pole they were supposed to sing and dance. <laughs> Did you climb any poles in Shanghai? Many. <laughs> wait, wait. beautiful thing when you go over to a place and all of a sudden you're the exotic flower. It's amazing. <laughs> it's so cool. However <laughs> many. Um, okay. So you go to Shanghai and you teach. Where in the world did you say, I'm gonna try doing stand-up in another country? <laughs> like, bring me into that road Shanghai China is a place unlike any other place in the world okay it is like if you took Chicago and stacked it on itself three times and then put about 20 million Chinese folks in it and I mean that area wise I mean that uh, population wise and everything if there is a scene for everything in Shanghai Whatever you want to do. If you want to join a group of people who code at 2.30 in the morning, <laughs> still drinking, 
Barista May Coffee. You can find it. If you want to find a punk scene, there's a punk scene. Really? Yeah, there is everything there. People from all corners of the globe there. It's an amazing experience. Uh, there's a lot of places that kind of look like they could have been in Blade Runner shots. Really freaking cool. It is really cool. If you want to know what living in Shanghai is like, go listen to a flume song. <laughs> Any flume song. People are probably like, like what, the in... is... <laughs> what the fuck is flume? If you're on Spotify, go hit up flume. Start with you and me, the disclosure remix. Continue on until you reach Hyper Real. This is one of my favorite flume ditties. Anyway, <laughs> please make sure you uh, do your homework and leave a comment in one of, well, I'll make a social media post about Flume and what was other homework? What was the, oh, uh, of Chicago, but it, we already said, but yeah, and we'll get, we'll get our listeners. Yeah. Hopefully you teach them about the Flume. <laughs> I bet people did not know, especially given whatever promo you're going to use. That they were going to be in for a curated playlist of Flume. <laughs> I don't think Flume thought they were going to um, have all this new traffic on their music either. So tell them Erica sent you. That's the stuff. Yeah, send some free swag. Slide into her DMs for that only. Or you know, yeah, we'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> Whoa, let's not get. That water too hot just yet. Rest in, rest in peace, Black Rob. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> um, so, just tell me, I guess, where you were like, I'm going to do stand-up. And walk me through the first night or like how you came. Because that's a big deal. You're not doing some open mic at Joe Blow's bar in the city. With a two-drink minimum and maybe two people in the crowd. <laughs> so tell me this about was, all that. This was a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, to wind up, like I said, you could go out and you could find people of every kind of background and just about every kind of scene. And I wound up um, having a mutual friend of the college buddy who was a DJ, who was also uh, trying his hand at stand-up. He was like a year or two into it at the time. And a homegirl of mine who was uh, doing a special guest bartending spot at a Polish bar, Pierogi Ladies. Damn. Shout out to those That's me. Lovely... I'm a ski. I'm a ski. Yes. Shout out. Here, this is again how Shanghai connects people. You wind up having all kinds of experiences that you didn't realize. I used to live on the northwest side. I used to live in Harwood Heights for a hot minute and stay the Polish dude, obviously. Yeah, um, that's all. That's, that's, okay, go ahead and say. <laughs> and then so I, I wound up uh, hearing about pierogi ladies. I'm like, yeah, I want to come through. I'm girl's doing a guest spot. You know, I want to come through. I want some pierogies, man. I can't imagine. I'm in Shanghai. I know they got dumplings of all sorts, but I was not expecting. A pierogi. Great dumplings. The great dumplings of Warsaw. <laughs> you know. My people! <laughs> Wait, what was the filming? Mo Vimmy. Um. <laughs> <laughs> what, was, what was the filling? I had your standard cabbage and mushroom, 
Okay. I like. Not a lot of people are fans. This is important. This is an important question. Did you like it? Loved it. Okay. I had uh, zuppas and macaronum. Oh, I don't know what that uh, is. Good old chicken soup. Oh, okay. <laughs> my that's how whack my Polish is. I'm like 20 years removed. <laughs> Zupa zuppa and macaronum. I don't. I don't even know. I'm uh. My great grandparents came off the boat, but I'm all I know is like Dupayash and I don't, Tchotchkes. I I, yeah. I I was gonna tell you about that with the Harwood Heights, but yeah. Um, did you have so the potato? The they had it. The potato. I, they had you the had standard a potato. What about the prune? But didn't have the prune. Here's the thing, because it's the two ladies, two cute ass uh, Polish ladies, and they met till late thirties, mixing them up by hand. They had this baller. Beet and goat cheese pierogi wow. that was absolutely to die for. It was very gourmet. It was gorgeous. Yeah, tasting. that's not a normal. That's not a normal. I've never even heard of that filling. That's not of, at the Warsaw Inn buffet of pierogies. You're not going to find that at Jolly Inn. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. That no. is not going to be next to the Reba and the Nalashniki. It's not <laughs> going to be in the Gunka. And the gumpka is not going to be next to none of those at the Jolly Ant. But it was very vegan tasting almost to me. Yeah. I like, All right, I can do this. But it's badass because here I am getting over a breakup and I'm knee deep in gin and tonics and all these pierogies and guys are coming in and doing stand up. And it's a mostly American expat, mostly dudes. But it's mostly American expats and they're funny as hell. And, you know, they see me, they start talking to me. I'm still drinking we start riffing out like you're funny as hell let's come over here we're going to do storytelling at this next place all right cool and i go and i'm hearing the stories and i'm hey erica you, that story you were just talking about do you want to come up and do it i'm like give me one more <laughs> okay one more just one i promise oh <laughs> i get the gin and tonic down and I get up there and I tell the story and they're like, you have to start doing stand-up. And uh, I go check them out at the club that they mostly rock at for weeks. For weeks, I just observe. They're like, hey, you getting on? Did you sign up? Did you sign up? I'm like, nope. Typical Erica. And I'm like, hey. <laughs> but once I finally got on there and started doing it, and uh, I was doing it once a month and uh, one of the co-owners came up to me after one show after I was hanging out a little bit longer. So you're really funny. Why don't you do this more often? And I said, as I took another sip out of my gin and tonic. <laughs> this was the same gin and tonic from months back. <laughs> Obviously, because I did not clarify that. <laughs> you know, here I am all, all pepped up on gin and tonic, and I'm thinking, and first thing that comes out of my mouth... <laughs> He's asking me why don't why I don't do this more often. First thing out of my mouth is crippling anxiety. And really, I, yeah, yeah, really, I never would have guessed that. Most of my life, anxiety is just so. It was a challenge for me to be able to finally take that and take all these other circumstances and master this anxiety within me master the spider flight so that you know those those butterflies i feel in my stomach before any performance are natural but i allow that now instead of scaring me 
out of doing something or having me back out of something or not performing as well as I could, I allow it to propel me forward. And that's, that's the most important thing. Well, I just want to say this, okay. I was not expecting the story of how you got started in stand-up. Um, so I love it. I don't know, I, I, I guess I just wasn't expecting what you just told me. So I'm loving that. But I wanted to say, first of all, when you say in your divorce he took your voice, like in your marriage he took your voice, I, A, would have never, you have your fucking voice, okay? I just want to say that. At least as an outsider looking in, okay? There's never been a moment where I've been like, I don't know, I don't know how to say it. Like, you've always, every time I have seen you in some capacity, whether it's hosting, whatever, performing, you've always blown me away from the moment I've met you. Like, I was like, damn, this girl, this girl this girl's good um but also but also um what was i gonna say that oh fuck me um uh what was the other thing the voice and oh just that i wasn't seeing that turnout but you're fucking badass and (laughs) i never oh the anxiety i never obviously i never would have guessed that you have anxiety, let alone crippling anxiety, because that's a whole nother. Yeah. It used to be bad. It used to be bad, bad, especially before going to China. China forced me into, uh, it forced me inside myself. Did you have anxiety? Did you have anxiety before your marriage? Yes. Crippling? Sometimes. Sometimes. Did it, do you Um, feel like it ramped up in the marriage and especially after? I have to, I have to, I have to like kind of put a little bit of grain of salt when I say anxiety because for me and and who I am and my standards and all that, anybody on the outside looking in would look at my life and say, you're still an overachiever. You're probably a chronic overachiever. Well, yeah, you're so going nonstop. They... So, yeah, the anxiety is, is there. But like I said, I allow it to propel me. And while it might have been bad and as a teenager, aside from the usual, oh, I got to take the ACT tomorrow. Oh, shit. <laughs> versus the kind of anxiety we get from day to day as an adult versus here I am in this marriage that's really not working out. And now everything feels heightened, especially with not feeling like I could ever say. Well, yeah. Um, well, because I think, like, the mental health talk is very important because I feel like we're at the brink of, like, a breakthrough that, like, we're touching the surface of, like, it's okay to have anxiety. Who the fuck doesn't? Who doesn't have depression these days? And every age range. Like, I I have depression, and for some reason, my anxiety has been on another level. I, I, so I'm just saying, first of all, my hat off to you, or just anyone with anxiety. I can handle depression like a champ. Anxiety, I'm like, I, I went to my doctor right away. I was like, I can't fucking handle this. I can't be anxious. Like, so just know that. Um, I mean... If you want to talk about it or whatever, are you, like, medicated? Have you done some therapy? Like, 
or you don't want to talk about it, that's okay too. I'm fine with talking about it. I've done a lot of therapy. I've at every stage of my life, just about, I have, and it's invaluable. I would not have been able to gain the tools that I need to cope with the thing we call a, a, a adulting and existence. It's just, yeah, life. Um, it, it's just that's just what it is. I mean, the high from the time of going to high school, because I went to to EMSA, to you know, like I said, all throughout college occasionally if I needed the help there was folks I could go to on campus um, when I was in grad school I was also very go 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 but there was a couple of uh, therapists that I had seen and so on even with being in China I had a better help therapist that I would communicate with regularly to help me navigate some really painful stuff uh, so I believe strongly in the power of therapy. I also believe in the power of books. Yeah. I had read, uh, even while I was married, I had read like a full volume of John Gottman books and all these marriage help books and books to take care of myself too, to learn more about cognitive behavioral therapy and dialectical behavioral therapy and stuff like that to help me get me together. So I'm very much for uh, us healing each other learning the tools and the skills to help rewire and reframe us, change our perspectives to help us get a better control on uh, anxiety so we can move forward with our lives. But you're right. We're all affected by it in some way, shape, or form. It just depends on what level. And if it needs medication, then... Yeah. It and it's okay. Really like, I just... I, I, I don't know. I'd like to think we're on the brink of this, but, like, it's... Who, Name me one person you know that doesn't have anxiety or depression. Can you? I can't. Honestly. Um, and I feel like some people make this harder on each other than it needs to be, like this whole life thing. And I'm not trying to get philosophical. That's maybe for a time we have an edible. Maybe when we start the <laughs> visual aspect and I have you back and we can talk life, death, and religion in the, in the bubble bath. <laughs> Um, I mean, even if we don't record it, that sounds like a really nice time. <laughs> Here's what we can glean from this, though. If you're dealing with depression, you're stuck in the past. If you're dealing with anxiety, you're fearing the future. So we haven't been given the tools to deal with our present circumstances the right way. Yeah, some let's be honest. Know how to see, some of us don't know how to see a way forward or backward and just don't know how to navigate from where we stand yeah and so that's the start yeah and honestly like it, it, it therapy's great like i've had a bad therapist and then i got a great fucking one and it really moves fucking mountains like i know it can be weird and stuff and it's not like all like laying on the couch talking to fraser crane like it's it, it's really <laughs> like if you are dealing with anything please just know it's okay to reach out for help and whatever that means to you. Just, we're making this so much harder than it needs to be. And for fuck's sake, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but, um, yeah. yeah, I just never would have guessed that about you with anxiety. So just, just know that. Um, you want to talk about like race and stuff in like Shanghai? Cause let's be honest. You know, so do you want to talk about, like, how was it being a black female comic or 
human in Shanghai. If you want. <sighs> Given a new spin on the unicorn experience. <laughs> I don't mean it like that. Like, oh, look. Look, there's a black person. <laughs> That's pretty much I what mean... it is, though. <laughs> <laughs> don't get me wrong. As soon as I leave my apartment, it's, ooh, look. Hear it, hear it, hear it. What she... In America, too. <laughs> right? Good God. Look, there's I, one in the Whole Foods. <laughs> There's a, oh my god, there's a black person in Pete's. What is this? <laughs> and they're not stocking. Are you yeah, no. are you stealing? Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me, ma'am. Are you stealing? Ma'am, put the dolmas down. Put the peach put put the grape leaves down, ma'am. Put the dolmas down. Who yeah, are we no. kidding? You can't afford organic, okay? Right. Are you stealing? Oh my god. Are you stealing? I need a <laughs> Please put the capers back, okay, Shaniqua? Put them back. <laughs> you don't know what to do with those teeny tiny salted out peas. Let's be honest. I know. Anchovies do not go on greens, okay? in China is one of those things. (laughs) However, it's not like China doesn't have their own relationships with African countries. They know what black people look like. (laughs) Hundreds of thousands of them are down there mining and such. Some of them having African baby mama. Mm. And yet, I stepped foot in the country, and I gotta get called all kinds of monkeys in the Chinese word for nigga too. Really, yo, mm-hmm. we gotta change this. That's no. I was expecting, and I have no idea why I was expecting this. When I went in 2008, the very first time I went, this was a pre-mass smartphone Shanghai. The most technologically advanced thing you would commonly see on the roads would be the maglev. The maglev, and that ain't even on the roads, it's just that elevated, super fast, elevated train, right? Buses in the streets more and more. People in the streets walking to work five, six in a row. My black ass walking through, ain't nobody paying no attention. Ain't nobody taking pictures, ain't no smartphones. Can't nobody afford smartphones yet. They ain't on market where they cheap yet. I'm on the mag last with my homeboy, and he a big, tall, black dude, look like he a professional football player. I'm just sitting there chilling, and these relatively nice folks, they must have some money, because they was on the mag lab with us. Hi, hi, can we take your picture? No. Sure we can. Yeah, no. And I'm, but this is 2008. But still. And I'm... And I'm thinking this is cool. We've been asked, me and him, yeah, let's do this. They probably think he, he been called LeBron. He'd have been called Kobe. He don't look nothing like him. I can see it. I'm laughing so hard. Like, I can see it. I can picture it. 
this is was there a lot of pointing? Bit. I feel like there would be a lot of pointing. There wasn't okay. a lot of pointing. Pointing really? is frowned upon oh. in culture, actually. So and we actually have, have to talk about all that, too. You're from Chicago. You gotta talk with your hands. That's all we do. And I had the worst time trying to be like, oh, yeah, uh, teacher Erica, they love you. They think you're a really good teacher, but you point too much. And I was like, what? Pointing at the board, though. Pointing at things they need to look at. What do I have to do? Sit on my hand? <laughs> it's very hard for me to not talk on my hand. I'm a, I'm a black woman from Chicago. <laughs> I know a lot of sisters who have American Sign Language as a second language, for real, because that's, we talk with our hands. We need to, you to know what we're saying. I'm trying to think. I don't think I've ever met anyone black that doesn't talk with their hands. Male or female, Chicago or not Chicago. Yeah. So how'd you, what'd you do? Did you, did you have the kids uh, duct tape you a couple rounds or what'd you do? (laughs) Nah, I just went to another school. (laughs) (laughs) I love you. (laughs) The French kids ain't had nothing to say about that. Maybe we can make like a, a, a bitches run the world podcast. Everyone in my shower. That's I would be a badass version of the view. We would we really that, would. You know what? We'll talk. Okay. We'll talk. Write that down. Okay. <laughs> I called Joe Joy Behar. <laughs> I'm already on another podcast, but you talking about this? I can make moves. <laughs> <laughs> Today, huh? We're gonna talk about Derek Jackson some more. Oh we're, gonna, we're gonna talk about today. Erica, I can't you know. wait to meet you in fucking person. It better be soon. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Likewise. Likewise. Um, so, obviously, life in Shanghai and in China is different than America. So, you said you couldn't point. What are some other things you had to either watch or. Because was there censorship there, too? Completely. Okay, so... Absolutely. Let's talk about the things you could and could not do. And then we'll talk about the censorship. Well, where do we <laughs> unless start, it's too, man? Unless it's too long. <laughs> Maybe give me the top lot. five. Top five. It's like the top a great area. five fucked ups. If you can pick those. If you want more, I'll give you more. I don't know. Things that you can't do in China. Well, was it different for males and females? Is it still like that or no? Societal rules for males and females. um, For the most part, the country is very traditional. Still. Okay. Um, And what I mean by that is that the women... They'll dress very modestly. You are not going to see some woman walking the streets without sleeves. 
and even if she's wearing a dress where there's no sleeves, there is a blazer on or a sweater on. They're very modest. There's no cleavage. Like even in the weather, um, like if it's hot, sleeves. Like that. Kind even of in thing? the weather when it's hot. Okay. I'm just trying even to get on the same page. Okay. Even when it's hot, it's sleeves. Uh, when it's sunny, they do a lot of umbrellas. The idea of getting any kind of a tan is not ideal for them. They believe in keeping your skin as white as possible. That's a standard of beauty. Um, when it comes to the Western influence of beauty, they still will idealize an Audrey Hepburn or even an Anne Hathaway. Really? Yeah. And so even in 2008, as I'm getting my picture took, and I'm thinking, ooh, hopefully they think I'm Beyonce or something. Oh, yeah, shit. we got to finish that. Wait, finish that really quick. I'll write this down. To come no, that was one that. of my first, that was actually one of my first jokes when I had uh, started doing stand-up there, because it was true. It's based on my experience. I said they call him LeBron or Kobe. These days they think he's Bill Cosby. And depending on the crowd, depending on the night, I would say Pill Cosby instead, <laughs> and then folks would really get it. And I'm just like, hey, maybe they think I'm Beyonce or something. <laughs> so wait, because you don't see images of Beyonce at all in in oh, China or see, places like that. There's you gotta no fill us all in on this, because not, I mean, I don't know even this to this level. So so fill us the 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 people that don't know. So, like that. Like, I would never imagine there's no pictures of Beyonce. I would. I, I can't imagine too many other places in the world where there are no pictures of Beyonce. Yeah, that's uh, why. I, um, I I thought Beyonce was, like, sponsored everywhere. Like, her pictures on Jumbotrons and not so much Jay-Z, but Beyonce. Yeah. You know, you don't. Nope. They're, they are very particular about what Western influences they let in and, the, and even what black influences they let in and i can recall when i came in 2008 a lot of the images and billboards and stuff were still very uh chinese feminine skincare and fashion and to go back there now and it's very different the blackest faces you used to see were james harden and kobe <laughs> and lebron before the nba <laughs> said some stuff and they got messed up and then the, they stopped handing in that money real talk i was even looking for venus and serena somewhere and i couldn't even find them really that's surprising honestly because you would i mean i guess i would think that tennis would be a, a sport and serena and venus are obviously very popular in tennis wow yeah i've seen it just a couple like when serena got a wimbledon one of her last wimbledons uh i'd seen her on a nike store front kind of billboard but that's about it other than that where i lived in in shanghai i lived close to the richer part of the downtown area so i could walk down the street and there's a big prada a big burberry a big gucci etc just these big showy uh luxury malls so it would kind of be like if michigan avenue was laid out in a modern way okay bigger showier brighter more 21st century. Okay. Any Tiger Woods? Really? No Tiger Woods. That's no very Tiger surprising Woods. as well. Wow. Absolutely surprising. So they have hmm. a really interesting relationship with black folks 
in the in the town of in the city of Guangzhou, there's still over three hundred thousand Africans. And I will let people do their own research on Africans in Guangzhou. But as far as in Shanghai, Shanghai is 25, 26 million people. It's a global city. It's dynamic. The expat communities always find each other, whether it's at the different restaurants that some of them own in the area or whether it's they're all employed at the same company or they have a certain hobby and get together a certain place or they're all together on WeChat. So, <clears throat> like, finding people of various backgrounds is always easy to do. Or you could walk down the street and hear five different languages, which is cool. Yeah. And then so for the black contingent to already come and know that WeChat was going to be just the thing to connect and communicate with people, I was finding more and more WeChat groups of black folks, big enclave of just black folks, and we'd get together and try to have uh, picnics or get together to play cards and stuff. And then, so before you knew it, <clears throat> once me and the other black female comedian started talking and getting to know each other, we were saying there hadn't been a black comedy show in a year and a half. You know, like the, the small expat scene of comedians was mostly white men. That's something Probably, I was going to ask you, too, when you were saying you did your stand-up. And you were saying they were funny. Yeah. Was it a lot of white males? Yeah, and it's still probably 40% white male. In Shanghai. And at that point, that's, in, that the, is, in the comedy scene. That is very interesting to me. Like, I never would guess and, that. Like, you're, you're, I'm, like, loving this. I never would have, you know, there's like. There's a whole, there's, you know, there's a whole Chinese com- comedy community, which is bigger and getting bigger in scope because they're looking at it as the next big medium for entertainment there. Mm-hmm. And there's still the issues around freedom of speech and the taboo subjects that you can't talk about and the difference between the way we do it in the West and the way they do it in the East. Yeah. They do it very talk, they call it talk show, but it's the Laurel and Hardy style. It's the straight man and the funny guy. Yeah. As they have tried to branch out and do a few different, even primetime TV shows with uh, Chinese comedians doing our Western form, was met with some controversy. What we do could be looked at to them as disrespectful. Of course, yeah. Right? So it's it's one of those things where, you know, doing it in, in English, still got to do it under, it's not under the biggest banners, it's still very low-key, still got to watch yourself and all that. But, uh, so but wait, we made it happen, and, oh, I'm sorry, I jumped all over the no, place. No, 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 you're, you're, you're totally fine. Are you doing your stand-up in Chinese or English in Shanghai? English. Okay. okay. English. I just wanted to get that out there, because I, I, I wasn't sure. Okay. Ting Budong. Ting Budong. I don't understand. That is how bad Chinese is as far as, like, anything in English. It sounds like nothing in English. Ting Budong means I don't understand. Ting Budong. Ting means stop. Bu means don't want. And if you say it in the wrong tone, it'll mean many instead of don't. <laughs> so you can't even have a frog in your throat when you say boo. <laughs> the wrong tone to be wrong. Do you know this from experience? <laughs> I'm, yes. 
I my tonally challenge Chinese speaker self and dong dong is just dong dong <laughs> dong is dong. The dong dong dong. The, the dong, dong, dong dong dong. The dong dong. Dong dong. Not like the dong. But dong dong. The dong that we know. But in this case, it means understand, which is weird. So it understand what like that doesn't make sense. It's a it's a hard language to master, so now I speak in English and then uh, But yeah, the black comedy thing, yeah, we see it the black comedy thing. I, I got my feet wet, my first showcase was all woman show. Uh, because the girl who I'd eventually wind up doing blackout comedy with was like, Bitch, she's this is how China is. And I, I'm going to say this on this podcast. It was two thirty in the morning on a Friday night. I was hanging with my homegirl co-workers who were new to Shanghai, one from the UK, one from Minnesota. I wanted to show them around the town, so we wound up at a place called Spectres. Spectres looked very much like a John Hughes movie. Oh, boy. (laughs) Breakfast club waiting to happen. And there was always a magical time of the night on a Friday or Saturday where everybody would be just, just a little drunk enough, just a little something enough. And everybody's dancing around to like Baja in the 11:45 at night, and it feels like a John Hughes movie. So I take them over. It's 2:30 in the morning because we didn't went out to another place called Shake, and we didn't heard a live band doing some fire ass R&B. We've been stepping with random hot dudes from Germany and shit. And we had fancy $12 drinks and shit that's all curated that smell like rosemary and strawberry and whatnot. Beautiful. But it's 2.30 in the morning and here we are drunk in the middle of Spectres looking like a John Hughes movie. And the whole girl comes over to me and she said, bitch, you need to be on this show tomorrow. <laughs> and I'm drunk as shit. And I got to go to my second job. I got to wake up at six in the morning to go to my second job. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I want to be on that show tomorrow. Okay, so what I'm about to do is I'm going to go ahead and put a note in this WeChat group. I'm going to tell them, Erica, I'm going to stand here while I'm typing so you can see it. Erica needs to be on tomorrow night's show. She is hilarious, and she has been putting in the work. Okay, see? And I can press in on it right now. So that means you had to. You had to. I'm drunk. I have slept an hour and a half. The last place was close enough to my place where I leave at 3.15 in the morning. I slept like an hour and a half. When I open. When I open, I go look. (laughs) Seven in the morning, I hydrated. I stayed hydrated all night while I was giving them the sport. They were a little bit drunker than me. But I still had to go teach the kids. And you can't point. Oh, wait, you can point. You're in the French camp. Point. Damn. <laughs> what am I going to have them do? Oh, y'all just going to do a 45 minute free break today. That's all y'all going to do. You couldn't bring out the VCR. You couldn't You couldn't nope. wheel out the TV and put your sunglasses on. No. When, when y'all done, go ahead and leave them right on that desk. Right on that desk. Right on that desk. I don't right need them on the desk. I smell like. I still smell like last night, so I need them to go right on that desk. Right on that desk. No. <laughs> right, right on that desk, kids. <laughs> but yeah, it was true. By 10 o'clock that morning, I had heard back from everybody. And it's like, hey, Erica, get on this show. Fantastic. Same time, 
whole show has sold out. Because um. usually, whenever there was an all-woman show, it would sell out. So we saw this great venue. Seven o'clock at night rolls around. I'm ready. Let's go. <laughs> We're going to do this new bit that I've been working on. Because most of my bits... So before I knew it, 7 o'clock rolled around and it was time to go to the venue. I had known by noon that day that we had sold out. It was going to be close to 200 people in a gorgeous venue. And here I am backstage with the rest of the ladies, joined up in that circle. Homegirl that recommended me for the show was the last one there. She almost five minutes late. <laughs> Were you worried if she was showing up or not and she made you show up? I learned that the hard way that I would continually be concerned when and if she was showing up, <laughs> even to our own shows. Uh, she was there for our own shows. I'll give her that. But I was like, hey, sis, you going to make it? <laughs> you show, am I going to be over here? Am I taking your place? Like, what's up? But she, she made it. And uh, it was fun. And it started from there with me regularly performing with the, the, the wonderful ladies of the Shanghai comedy scene, which were half Chinese, half local. Um, one of the ladies, I, I, the first comic I saw in Shanghai that made me feel like I could do this was one of the ladies I would eventually wind up performing with, who's half Chinese, half Jewish, from New York. And uh, she and I would wind up performing together very regularly after that. She made me feel like there could be a place for me out here. And uh, she and I actually left Shanghai around the same time. So my last feature show there, was a double-header going-away party for the both of us. Well, that sounds like a damn good time. It was a damn good time, but yeah, just just syncing up with like-minded women and then syncing up with a like-minded black woman helped open up these opportunities for me. Uh, when we did the first Blackout Comedy Show, because like I said, it had been a year and a half since there was a proper black comedy show, there was a need for it. And the expats that um, heard of us came through in a big way with a sold out show, we had to start turning people away. They were filed outside of the Damn park. girl. And from there on, we would every other month just keep bringing it and try to give folks that Def Jam realness in the middle of Shanghai and people loved it. And uh, so we took it from there. And just been comedying ever since. <laughs> well, I know, like, I'm trying I'm trying to wrap this up because we're running out of hot water. Um, but do you just want to talk about, like, your censorship in Shanghai really quick? Because that's obviously a whole new ball game than America. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine. Right? Because there's censorship, right? Was there censorship for mim women and then for men? Or was it all the same? All the same. Okay. Again, this is a place where freedom of speech is not a thing. And there were four taboo topics, the four T's we could not talk about. Um, and in addition to that, there's just, you just know a certain stuff you're not going to talk about. You're not going to talk about their government. Uh, you're definitely not going to do that as an expat. That'll be a quick way out. You don't want to cause any problems for the owners and operators of the establishments you're at just because you couldn't stop yourself from saying that thing that you felt that you didn't have to say. So it's not like you go there and find, oh yeah, I'm a political comic, because that doesn't exist. Um, Can you talk about America? Can you talk about like politics in America and make jokes about that? Oh yeah. Okay. 
Oh yeah, that was open season on that. Oh, I figured that as much, but I, I figured as much, but I was just curious. And for those that don't know, well, that was fair game, but it wasn't something that was a popular thing to do because people were just accustomed to not talking about politics at all. Um, There's a million other not, things to talk about, but I'm just genuinely exactly. curious because that's a whole nother world, obviously, doing stand up there than it is in America. Exactly. So if you're already navigating a tightrope with the things that you cannot say in that culture and that and that country for obvious reasons, <laughs> that you definitely don't want to risk deportation off of a joke that may or may not work. That's yeah. not a cool thing. Uh, so there's that. And then there's whatever hot button topics that people have problems with. And then there's the added variable of you don't know what country your audience is going to be from or people from your audience. So my experience there, I wouldn't change anything about it because it forced me to just write, to just write funny, to find it at the lowest, to find the funny and reduce it to the the simplest English form to make it funny and palatable and relatable for everybody and anybody. That was the challenge. So I was able to, to go from in the classroom, how am I teaching my kids about word economy? How am I teaching them about the importance of prepositions at the right time to set the scene? Words to, you know, describe the setting better. How quickly can I get to the punch? All this stuff, I'm, I'm taking it from the classroom to the Toastmasters meetings to the comedy stage. We're just trying to find funny and find what does that look like for me? How do I tell people about me as a black American woman? And so on. Uh, and then now that I'm home, now that I can actually relax and talk like this for two, now that's going to be the challenge. Can Erica just relax and just be herself and then and then come up from there? And see, if you haven't, I'm just saying, if, if, if you say you haven't and you blow me away already, then I can't wait for the day you relax. <laughs> I can't wait either. <laughs> Because if I could turn this mess on and off for real, for real, without looking completely crazy to people, I would. But you don't. I don't know if it's your poker face or what. I don't know. I know you want to get out of here. We got to get out of here. And of course, obviously, you still have, we still have so much to go over. So you're going to have to come back. And for sure. Gladly. Maybe um, when I start the visual in May, maybe we'll do that bath edible. I don't know. We'll talk. Anywho, for the next time you come back. But, so, give a quick... You came back from to America during the right before the pandemic, right or no? I came back briefly while it was going on. Okay, so just uh, bring us to bring us home, get us out of here, bring us home. What you're doing now? Where the people can find you if you want them to find you, and I'll get you out of here. I am everywhere and nowhere at the same time. <laughs> It's true. I feel like you're always doing something, but you know, God love you. Don't that stop. Is the power. That is the power of the internet. Amen. And, and all things uh, considered, I am going to be doing my first virtual headline on, on Friday, the 23rd. Uh, it's Flappers presents Erica Switzer featuring the amazing Dario Durham. You know him, you love him from Zanies and Laugh Factory Chicago. Produce and do a Hell of great things would be positive production, so I'm very excited to have Dario on the feature, hosted by the wonderful Amanda Cohen. 
She's absolutely hilarious. Uh, the woman is uh, one of the best joke writers I've worked with, and she's amazing. Um, what is after that? 28th, Wednesday the 28th, I'm going to be performing on the Chocolate Sunday's First Impressions virtual show, which is awesome. The long-running and super popular Chocolate Sundays from uh, Laugh Factory Hollywood is doing this virtually, so those of us can get on. I'm excited. Uh, nice grand prize if I make it through, which is awesome. And then, whoo, we getting ready to go live in Chicago, baby, at CG's <laughs> in Bolingbrook on Friday, April 30th, and Saturday, May 1st. I am the MC hosting for the wonderful Abby Sanchez. I'm very excited for this be I better come correct it, come correct with it, because if I don't relax, <sighs> I'll give you a pep talk beforehand. You need that? I don't know, girl. You, you fucking always make me laugh. Always, 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 like, always. Even on the that. weird night, even on that weird night, you still even, made me laugh. I like that. you are a force to be reckoned with. I cannot honestly, like I thought, you've been doing stand up for a long time. So know that, too. I never would have guessed that you started in Shanghai last year or the year before or whatever. I just, so keep, keep at it, okay? I just want to, I want to give you that. Don't, please don't ever stop. Please. Thank you. I appreciate that We so have much. so much we didn't even touch on. So much. Um, do you want to give any of your social media if you want the people I'm to find on. you? I am on absolutely everything. <laughs> However, if you find me on Grinder, please report it. That is definitely <laughs> not me. I am not on that. Uh, Are you on the OnlyFans? <laughs> I'm definitely not on OnlyFans. <laughs> if you see somebody that looks like me on OnlyFans, it might have been an old profile, y'all. Somebody does up off of my MySpace or some crap like that. I can't. I hold no responsibility <laughs> for anything I was doing in 2005. Uh, but anyway, just buy me on ericasquitzer.com. It has all the links to all my shows, my link tree, so you can get those tickets for those shows and uh, links to all my social media. Erica. All the upcoming per uh, performances and festivals and stuff like that. I got all these festivals I've been picked for, all the stuff I got to do over the summer. But keep keep in touch on ericasquitzer.com. You have to. And you have to keep going. You promise? Yes. You'll okay. never stop? Absolutely not. You promise? I will not stop. Will you come back? Because we have oh, so definitely. much. So much. Anytime. Anytime. Especially if you want to uh, talk about any curated playlist. <laughs> uh, any of those that involve plume. Don't forget, <laughs> you guys have homework. Our listeners have homework. And we want to hear about it. Don't don't think you're skipping out, okay? She'll point at you. She's yep. back in the states. Erica can point now. That's right. She's got her she's got her pointer finger out. That's right. <laughs> Erica, I can't thank you enough. Um, I can't wait to meet you in person. And yeah, just never stop. We'll just wrap it thank up. You. Just never stop, please, because you're fucking funny and you've got something special. So thank know that. Thank you so much. Same to you. Thank you so much. Thank you. That was this week's edition of In the Shower with Mary Ellen. Everyone, please check out ericaswitzer.com. Follower, lover. You won't regret it. She's a force to be reckoned with. Thank you so much, and see you next week. Bye.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.